0: Hey, Smart Mamas, welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits.
1: Relationships, finance, mental
0: health. Rick. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way, hold way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you—the good, the bad, and the ugly.
2: <laughs> so, can you tell us how our listeners would know you, or why? They would know you or how you came to be known for what?
3: Well, uh, I am known as the person who brings personality type to families. I'm a little bit obsessed with the Myers-Briggs personality type model, and I use it in my own parenting and I help other parents use it in theirs. So it basically just help you understand your kids a little better. Yeah, and
2: I'm super excited about this because we're going through a effing four stage, as people call it in our household with a four-year-old so I'm really interested to hear about this personality type but um so you are you got started what on social media or on your own podcast how did you basically come to be known
3: yeah I mean I first just started out by telling people I literally the the first way I started is by is for free I asked my neighbors hey I really think that This is something that could help people and I want to see if I can turn this into something. And I said, will you let me come type your family and talk to you about your kids and personality type? And, you know, it seemed like it was really helpful to those families. And so then I started building it out maybe like a year and a half, two years ago. And I started a podcast and I started an Instagram And, um, it's really starting to take off. People are loving it, getting a lot out of it. And I have, you know, a steady stream of families who I'm working with and it's, it's all, that's so awesome,
1: Sandra. So like, what made you interested in Myers-Briggs? Do you have a background in, you know, like psychology or teaching or something that like got you interested in this in the first place? And like, it never would have occurred to me to like Myers-Briggs type, my children. So I'm just super curious as to how you got into that. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I I chose the wrong career for my personality type, as long as we're talking about personality types. And not that there's a wrong, you know, anyone can do any career, but I was very unhappy in the corporate world. But that's actually where I came to know of Myers-Briggs is that they use it a lot in the corporate world to help with team building and that sort of thing. And so when I first learned about it and learned about my type, I remember I was just like, I was literally just reading a type description off of the internet and I was like, kind of looking over my shoulder. I was like, is this a joke? Did someone like write this about me <laughs> and put it up here? And I was just like, so astonished that like, just like a, this type description of a personality type that seems so, so basic, it's just for, you know, kind of facets how did it get at the core of who I am? And so I became really deeply interested in it, very personally interested in it, and I started using it in every aspect of my life with my friends, with my parents, with my my then boyfriend, now husband. And so when my children were born, I just began to naturally wonder, oh, do they have a personality type yet? When does that emerge? Can I? When does that emerge? And then, um, <laughs> good question. Uh, so you you are born with your type preferences. They are inborn. They do not change. However, when can you see it? When can you fully know is a little more of a murky Mm -hmm. uh, question or murky answer. And, you know, I can say from my personal experience, I was able to take a what I felt like at at the time was a good guess as to their personality type by the time they were two. And it hasn't changed now. They're five and eight. But when I work with families, I don't do younger than four. And we call it before the age of 12 or so, when they're able to really pick for themselves, we just call it a best guess sure. type.
2: So can I was just talking to somebody about this today at work, how fascinating it is to me that kids who have like literally the same gene pool, the same environment are completely different and even down to identical twins, mm-hmm. they legitimately have the same genetic code and the same environment, the same parents, mm-hmm. the same experiences, the same everything, but their personalities are like night and day. So how yeah. you're saying that is something that is predetermined, but how? How do different. they know that? Yeah. We have so many We're like questions. We're like throwing some really hard questions <laughs> at you. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you know, and I can't, I can't answer those, because I don't know anything about genetics. I'm not a scientist. And <laughs> I don't, but I know that they've, you know, looked into and done the research, and that they see from a very, very young age, that these preferences don't change. And that doesn't mean that you don't change mm-hmm. as a person, like Myers-Briggs just measures a couple of facets of who we are, and the way we show up in the world. It also doesn't mean that you are can only behave one way, right? Like I, I really like to compare it to being right-handed or left-handed. Like we kind of were, when we first picked up a crayon, we went with a certain hand and we just started using that hand and that changed and that stays the same through our whole life. It doesn't mean that we can't learn to use our other hands. So if you break, like I'm right-handed, if I break my right hand, I could learn to use my left hand pretty well. And it's the same with the Myers-Briggs preferences there's kind of four letters and they each have two options and you everyone has a natural preference for one option or the other but it doesn't mean you can't use the other one so we all can show up in different ways when we decide to stretch to our other side but we just have this natural preference can for one or the other can you give
1: our listeners an overview i know that you know we mm-hmm. i think everyone at some like science psychology class has like gone through this and talked about it but just can you give our listeners an overview again as to like the the four main types and kind of like the different variables within each type?
3: Yeah. So it's denoted by four letters and the and for each one you have an either or that you prefer, right? So the first one, we call them preferences. The first one is introversion or extroversion, and that's usually the easiest entry point because some of us most, most of us at least have an idea of what introversion and extroversion is. And so that one basically measures where you direct your energy. Do you prefer to direct your energy inward or do you prefer to direct your energy outward? And then the second uh, letter pairing is S or N, which is sensing or intuition. And that one deals with how you take in information from the world. So how you learn, how you communicate or, you know, how you tend to, how you prefer to what's most comfortable. Um, And basically the, the intuition side, it's it's more, you know, big picture meaning, theories, ideas. And on the sensing side, it's more details, facts, practical applications. And then the third letter pairing is T or F, which stands for thinking or feeling. And I always tell people when we get to this one, don't think of the conventional definitions of thinking and feeling. Like it doesn't mean that if you prefer thinking that you don't have feelings. And it doesn't mean that if you prefer feeling that you don't know how to think, Uh, both types equally have emotion and both types equally are intelligent. But what this one is, is how how you make decisions. So it's everything from like the very little decisions as far as like when we're talking with one another, how do I respond to you? From like bigger decisions to what do I do for a career? Or, you know, are we gonna move to this town or whatever? And basically people who prefer... Feeling tend to prefer stepping into a situation emotionally, considering feelings, values, and desires, either of themselves or of others, whereas people prefer thinking, they feel like that kind of stuff really muddies up the waters and makes things confusing when they're making decisions, and they really want to step out of a situation emotionally, considering only objective data. And then the last letter is J and P and that stands for judging and perceiving. And again, throw away your conventional definitions. Judging does not mean you're judgmental. <laughs> it's something entirely different. <laughs> Which is what I thought when I first, when I first typed and my uh my boyfriend at the time was was telling me, I think you're that he was telling me what type he thought I was. And he was like, Well, I think you're judging. And I was like, I am not. And I went on and you know, turns out yeah. I am I am judging. <laughs> But the last, so that last letter pairing has to do with how you. And now I'm losing the correct word here. But it's oh, it's how you approach your outer world. So people prefer judging tend to prefer to put control over their outer world by planning, by making structure, and just putting things in order. <laughs> I see, we have some pointing. Helen and on. I yes, are both like, oh I yeah,
1: planning, planning. Yeah, got that one.
2: Present. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about how we would figure out our types and why it would help us to do so in our families?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, it benefits in so many ways. From And one of the biggest ones is, remember, we talked about that letter pairing, S or N, which is how yeah. you take in information. So even just communicating with someone can really help you understand how your child takes in information better. So when you're telling them to do something, they're more likely to get it. And they're more likely to listen. You can understand how they're motivated. You can get them to do something they don't really want to do a little easier if you just understand how their brain works a little better. Um, and we can go specific. If you want me to go specifically into one of the letter pairings and some of the things you see, or if we want to keep it well, more general. first,
1: um, so I have a, my oldest is five. And so I'm now curious to know, like, how can I figure out his type? You know, there's a lot of online like quizzes for adults that like go through all the questions and you can figure out your adult one. And maybe you have a really good website as to where our listeners can like figure out their type if they're not sure. But like, how do you do it your kids?
3: Yeah, yeah. There's not nearly as many resources out there for kids and personality type, uh, but that is what I'm trying to build. And so at my website, I do. As of the time that we're recording this, I have a couple of downloads that are free on my website, familypersonalities.com slash downloads, where you can kind of check out. uh, I have for, for introversion, extroversion right now, and I have for judging versus perceiving, and I'm still working on the other two letter pairings. You can listen to my podcast because that's what I go. I have some episodes that cover the basics, which are basically like, what does my kid look like if they prefer sensing versus what do they look like if they prefer intuition? How can I look for that? What kind of behaviors might they display? Uh, What kind of questions can I ask them? You can also, yeah, I mean, you can work with me. That's what I do. And that's what I'm really good at is helping people discover their own type, discover their kids' types and, uh, you can just visit my website, familypersonalities.com for that. So
1: you had mentioned, you know, the sensing and the perceiving, right? Well, there's oh, sensing, sensing intuition, and intuition and then there's yes, judging thank perceiving. You. Sensing mm-hmm. and intuition. And that is the one where we mm-hmm. like, that's our communication. That's like how we take in the world. Mm-hmm. How can you like, what are some of the basic things that you see with kids between the two types Yeah.
3: So you'll see that uh, kids who use sensing, they tend to be more about either the present moment or the past. So they use that to inform their to inform things. So like, um, you know, sensing children might have a harder time with change. They might get more upset by by changes or, or doing things in new ways. They tend to be very set in routine. They really like the routines of what's going on, especially if they prefer sensing and judging. So that's the S and the J. And that's very, they're very routine-based, very, they like things very repetitive. You're gonna have a child who probably has a hard time if you're changing up the bedtime routine or or whatever. Or for older kids, you know, changing, you know, going from middle school to high school might be a little harder for them. If they're on that more sensing, especially sensing perceiving side on the intuitive side, you're going to see really an appetite for new things, new ideas, new concepts. And like I can tell you with my own son who prefers intuition, he gets bored playing a game the way it's supposed to be played. So like, you know, he loved Monopoly for about five times we played it, and then he was like, "Oh no, no, we're going to play it a whole new way now." And he has all new rules and a whole new structure, and he just tries to get
0: people to play it <laughs> his way, right? So they, they they like to come up with new so ideas that, and new that is totally my daughter's type. And, then, and sorry, I'm a little late to the um, start, so I don't know what you guys have covered, but don't worry. is that a specific personality type uh, called intuition? That's one of the one of the four. Okay. Aspects we're
3: we're talking about the second one right now, which is intuition, and so that's okay. for the anyone who has an N, but intuition that they just love new ways of doing things. And then on the the flip side, uh, those children can have a harder time with some of those routine details that we talked about. Sensing kids liking, so like uh, my son bedtime routine is just the worst. Like he doesn't want to have to do something he has to do every single day over and over again. And I relate to that like hardcore. So I'm, I'm super like, I get it, bud, but we do have to do all these things every day. We do have to brush our teeth. We do have to put our things where they go, you know, like these kind of repetitive, uh, practical things are, are harder for kids who prefer.
1: So how does that affect like the way that you discipline? between those two personality types.
3: Yeah, there's a little more well and one one of my favorite things about understanding our kids personality types is it can give us a little more compassion and understanding for where they're coming from. so that's kind of number one is like I see. it's like when you think of stretching to the other side, yeah, we can all do it and we all have to to be whole rounded human beings. but it's more exhausting to do the one that's not your natural preference. And so using introversion and extroversion as examples, sometimes that's really an easy one for people to go to. Like if you're someone who prefers extroversion and you are, which a lot of us can relate to this year with COVID, you are stuck inside and not able to talk to anyone that can be really exhausting and draining for you. On the opposite end, if you're someone who prefers introversion and you are forced out And you have to be out with people, loud noises, talking, interacting. You have to do that for a long stretch of time. That's going to really exhaust you. And so I use that sort of same analogy when we get to the other preference pairs. So if you take a kid who prefers intuition and they have to do lots of practical details, just having compassion for the fact that that's a stretch for them. doesn't mean that they get out of it completely, (laughs) but that's a stretch. And like understanding that, you know, they need a little more patience where that's concerned. So that's number one. It's just understanding and having a little more compassion for what's a stretch for your kid and what's more their natural ability and what really fills their bucket. And if you can give them more of what fills their bucket, they'll have more patience for the places that they have to stretch. And then the second thing is just understanding, like, like say I send my kids off to go clean their rooms. The kid who prefers sensing is going to need more detail and more step-by-step instruction to do that. So like, what does that mean, clean your room? Oh, it means, you know, any clothes on the floor need to go in the hamper. Um, next, you need to put any stuffed animals back on your bed. Next, you need to and give them like the step by step instructions. This is really helpful when with learning too. like if they if they are. If you're doing distance learning with your kids right now, or if you're a homeschooler, understanding that our sensing kids need more step-by-step instructions, they need you to break things down for them more. Whereas the intuition kids, it's more like big picture. So I might tell my son who prefers intuition, here's what I want your lo- your room to look like in the end. I don't want anything on the floor. And I want it to to just look pretty where you, you walk in and you take a deep breath and feel relaxed because there's no clutter. And then that's more like he needs to see the big picture and the end result. Whereas my daughter for sensing needs that step-by-step. How do I get there? That's really helpful.
2: How, how does all of this compare to like the Enneagrams?
1: Mm. Yes. Are they I've heard yeah. so much more about the Enneagrams lately. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Enneagrams really popular right now. And I totally, I, I love Enneagram also. It's not as, it doesn't help as much with yeah. kids. Although you, you can look at it a bit there. But enneagram, it's a completely different model. Um, it looks, at, it measures, it looks at something completely differently. And basically, what the enneagram measures is kind of what defense mechanism you've put into place to cope with the world. So, for example, like I'm an enneagram one, and we're the perfectionist slash reformer, and are you know we have this desire to be good. And and as children, we felt in order to be loved and to be good, we needed to be perfect. We needed to do everything good and everything right. And so we move through the world that way. Um, So it's just like another layer you can put on top of Myers-Briggs that is, can be really interesting and helpful for self-development.
2: I'm in Enneagram one too. So I Ah, totally- Hey, high five. Yeah. High five. I don't know (laughs) if that's a good thing or a bad thing for us, but hey.
3: Oh, it's, it's mostly given me tons of anxiety, but it's also helped me accomplish a lot. So
0: So just to recap, have we talked on all, what all four types of personality types are? Yes. We have. Okay. And do you guys each know what your type is? And do you relate to it? So I, Yeah,
1: go ahead, Lacey. Oh, I was going to say, so this is like, maybe I'm the only person who like, hates these kind of tests because I feel like I never can get them right. Like, you know, what I mean by that is like, like, I know there's no right or wrong answer, right? But there's like some questions where you're like, yeah, I don't want either one of these. And then there's some of them where you're like, well, I could do both of those. And so then I'm like, God, like I just, uh, I end up like in the middle on a lot of these different tests. So I don't know what that says about me, but yeah, but I do you know like... Not strongly like maybe I just like don't strongly like personify like one very specific thing.
3: Yeah, that's a, a really common feeling that people have on these assessments. And I would say my number one thing that I tell people is never, never rely on an assessment to pick your personality type because they just can't like you are too complex as a human being. As well <laughs> as the Myers-Briggs model is is more complex than people realize and and trying to fit an fit your personality type into a forced choice questionnaire just doesn't work very well and yeah it can give you a hint it's a fun place to start I use them as one little piece of the puzzle when I'm typing with families but it's not I I never rely on it I would say it gets it 100% accurate like so there's four letters right I would say it gets all four letters right only 50% of the time okay Um, and then when it gets it wrong it usually gets uh three of them right if maybe two um okay but it's, it's not, it just by the nature of it, like, what mood are you in when you take the, the questionnaire, right. you know, or like, mm-hmm. did you interpret the question differently? Like it just, you just can't with an, with an assessment like that.
0: So how do you recommend managing, you know, say a bedtime routine or nighttime routine with, you know, yourself, your husband and your two kids, all <laughs> of whom, whom are different? <laughs> then, then what do you do?
3: Oh, you're making me feel stressed out right now. Bedtime is That's the worst. Really <laughs> <laughs> We're all tired at the end of the day. None of us has the capacity to stretch, right? Like I can tell you, my husband, he has INTJ preferences, and if you have a T and a J, these letters work together more than they work separately. So, like, okay, so for example, an INTJ is very different from an INTP. They just have, they just have that one different letter, but their, their intuition and their thinking actually show up differently because of that fourth letter being different. So, but people who have a T and a J, so the thinking and the judging are all about efficiency Mm -hmm. and putting the outer world into like this very efficient order and getting things done very efficiently and putting like, you know, very efficient systems into place. And so, and when they get stressed out, when we get stressed out, our first tendency is to lean even harder into our natural personality type. Like we can stretch even less, stretching becomes <laughs> like really hard. And so my husband at the end of the day becomes very much like, we got to get this done. You know what I mean? Well, that is so me. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's my daughter who prefers ISFP. So she's more on like the relax, take life as it comes. Let's play while we do stuff kind of a thing. So at the end of her day, when she's really stressed out, going with what dad wants and keeping things in order is like the last thing that she wants to do. And so there's usually a big meltdown. As soon as he utters the word, hurry up.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like, she's just
3: a puddle on the floor. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, right. And so the best thing with her which takes an enormous amount of patience on my end, as someone who prefers introversion and who prefers judging, is that making something fun, making something into a game is like the best for her. And it takes like a Herculean effort at bedtime, right? Because
0: anything (laughs) takes effort at bedtime.
3: But so we, you know, we kind of, you know, what works best for each kid, which parent can stretch that way the best at the time, and then we kind of have it you know, worked out in a way that most of the time works for us, but it, you know, not always.
1: Yeah. I like it. So, you know, we already kind of touched on this with, uh, identifying some of the problems in like the assessment and stuff, but like, are there any common misconceptions about personality typing and Myers-Briggs in particular?
3: Yeah. One of the common misconceptions, well, one of the things that like makes me like, uh, the most is like when people compare it to like say astrology where it's like oh anyone can find every type makes it sound positive so you will latch on to any of the descriptions you know what I mean and it's like Mm -hmm. it's just like willy-nilly and there really actually is you know science and psychology behind this and there's even someone I have is book on my desk right now. There's someone named Dario Nardi who has actually done neuroscience work around this where they've taken EEG scans of people's brain activity and compared it to their personality preference. And you can actually see the patterns in people's brains. So there's a legit there's a legitimacy around it that, you know, it's not like taking an online like what flavor of of ice cream would you be if you were, you know, an ice cream, you know, it's <laughs> so that's like kind of one of my my pet peeves is when people compare it to something like that. There is actual legitimate legitimacy around, around this model. And I would say another one of the misconceptions is that it can change. Like, oh, when I was 16 and I took it, I was you know an ENFP. And then I took it when I was 30 and I'm an ENTJ. So I changed. Um, and it's not necessarily that you change. It's just that you may have answered the questionnaire differently because of how you were feeling at that time. Maybe you've developed, maybe you've discovered something about yourself you didn't know. Maybe you were trying to show up in the world one way. There's a lot of layers to remove when you're typing yourself. Like, for example, as as women were kind of taught to be more on the feeling side and maybe you grew up in a household where you were taught that you needed to be more on that side. And then as you grew into an adult, you realize like, no, I show up better this other way. I feel more natural this other way. And so kind of removing some of those layers is important to the typing process. And I think I can see
1: that that's how sometimes how people quote unquote change types. So how do you, I know, like, again, we kind of going back to this questionnaire thing, but like that is just a minor piece. And as you're pulling back the layers and like really like getting down to it, like how do you type someone? Like, I guess, like, I can't, I don't even know how you do it outside of like a questionnaire. Like how, how Hmm. do you, does that make sense? Like, I don't know if that question makes sense.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I we go through the the letter pairings one by one, and we talk about what does that really mean? And then I have kind of when it's kids, if if they're young kids and we're just going, you know, a best guess, type, best guess type based on their behaviors, I have a list of, you know, behaviors that you'll see most of the time in a kid who prefers introversion. Here's some behaviors that you'll see most of the time in a kid who prefers extroversion. And then we kind of talk through those. Well, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. And we talk through those scenarios and kind of tease that out. We do that for every single preference pair. And then at the end, if there's still some confusion, like I'm still not really sure on, you know, feeling or thinking. I know I feel sure on I'm an I-N-P, but I don't know if I'm an I-N-F-P or an I-N-T-P. Then you can drill down. There's a deeper level in Myers-Briggs called the cognitive functions, which is where those, those preferences are really working together. So that's where, like, when the T combines with the J, it's very different than when the T combines with the P. And then I can take you to that layer. And that usually clears it up for people once we get there, if there's any back and forth.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that they were so closely connected, like, you know, that it's not just, like, each letter individually, but, like, how it's paired with, like, another letter that really kind of, like, flips something.
3: Yeah, and that's actually where where you really get at the core of Myers-Briggs and where you start to see, oh, this is why my type description describes me so well. It's when you get into those letter combinations. Gotcha. I
0: think you could take, you know, a couple a newly engaged couple that you don't know, have them complete the questionnaire and sit down with them and discuss like how they can communicate most effectively and how they can, you know, thrive as a married couple, just based on their personalities. Is that what you do? I mean, I do it from a whole family standpoint and my
3: focus is on parenting, but because I like, because when I get a whole family together, invariably, I mean, it's just inevitable that things will come up between the partners too. And so they, they definitely get a lot out of that too. And I'll, I usually provide at the end, I provide a um, kind of an overall family analysis and I give like tips Or here's tips for, you know, there's a difference between these two people. Here's tips to come together. And
0: so I'll definitely provide
3: tips between the parents as well.
0: I love that so much because there's so much along that you just find out the hard way, you know, so Mm -hmm. much along the way about your husband, about your kids that you just trial and error, you know? Yeah.
3: It really helps to just have, because all of us are learning things about our our spouses or our parenting partners too, as we go, but it really helps to have language around it to describe it. It kind of takes the, it kind of depersonalizes it. It takes Mm. it, you know, it takes the, that like reactionary sort of feeling around it away from it to just be able to be like, oh, I see you're coming at this this way you're coming at it from a more thinking way. I'm coming at it from a more feeling way. Now we can talk about this a little more objectively and then get to a solution.
2: Yeah. I think what I like the most about things like this is not so much like, you know, like classifying somebody as a certain Mm -hmm. type, but it helps me understand better what other kinds of humans exist (laughs) and how, like what they respond to best, because not everyone is the same as me. Like I'm I'm not very emotional. I'm like pretty logical and reasonable. And I make decisions like very analytically, Mm -hmm. whereas other people emotionally do. And they have like, you know, they worry about things that they can't control. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, if you can't control it, why were you worrying about Mm it? So it really helps me to like not so much pigeonhole them or classify them, but more understand them and how to have relationships with people without like judging them or treating them the wrong way or communicating in an ineffective way. And I think this really comes into play in like large organizations and groups and families and teams where all different personality types exist. And like, you might think you're a great leader or a great parent or a great spouse, because you're like, Oh, well, I'm just very straightforward. But like, not everybody responds well to that. So I think that's what I've found that it's really useful for. I don't know if anybody else agrees.
3: Yeah. I love the way you put that. And it's it's very that was really eye-opening for me was seeing how other people approach the world and what I think is most beneficial here in using it with our kids is understanding that one way is not better than the other. Right? Yeah. And we can really see when you look at each type and each of the functions that there's a healthy way that it shows up and there's a less healthy way. There's a gift that it has to bring to the world and there's ways that it trips us up sometimes and being able to see that and like bounce it out in a family and see like, oh, my spouse can do this, that, that they just naturally do that better. Yeah. But I have this other thing that I naturally do better. And, and my kid has this thing and I would love to nurture that, even though it makes this other thing really hard with them, they have this beautiful thing. That's a, that's a part of that, that they can really offer to the world.
2: Yeah, and I think with kids too like a lot of times we'll say like oh they're being bad or this or that but they're not. They're just their needs are different and what they thrive in is different than mm-hmm. you know a control freak like me wants them to thrive in. So it really helps me to stop and like you know instead of punishing or yelling or you know criticizing or trying to force them into this box that I think they should go into, it really makes you like really love and enjoy your kid for who they are. Mm-hmm. And give them the tools they need based on their personality to succeed in the world rather than like stifle that and give them some kind of shame over it because they don't fit into your mold. So I think it's taught me a lot about that, which I I really needed to learn. Yeah. For sure. That's beautifully said.
1: So Sandra, do you find that like when you're meeting new people or like when you're interacting with, you know, colleagues, coworkers, you know, in a group setting, That you're like, oh, you're a TP. Like I, I just see that in you. Like, (laughs) oh no, you're you're a TJ. Like, oh no, you're you're really throwing those TJ vibes today. (laughs) Like, do you find yourself like, like typing people?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I do. It's it's compulsive now, but I really don't. I I really try really hard not to tell people what they are. (laughs) because uh, first of all, nobody wants to hear that. And second of all, I think that one of the important parts of type is uh, that self-discovery of it and doing your own inward looking and your own coming to that conclusion. That's part of why with younger kids, we say it's a best guess type. It's really important to me that when they're older and they can go through the process themselves, they say, no, mom, I feel more like I prefer sensing. I feel more like I prefer thinking. I think that's an important, you know, I don't. we don't want to put anyone in a box or, or make them feel like we've mm-hmm. got them all figured out. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So let me ask you this. Say you are, and I know we do different jobs. Say you're at work and you're going to work all day with someone who is annoying. I can't think of a better <laughs> word. But you just know they're going to annoy the you know what out of you all day long. Okay. And say their personality type is. Make up two personality types and tell me how you would handle them differently. Okay. <laughs> well, um, not to call my
3: husband annoying, but maybe we can just use my husband as. An <laughs> yeah, example. there you go.
0: Perfect. <laughs> so remember, we were
3: talking before about that T J and him. So and he has I N T J preferences, and that like efficiency and that need to like put the outer world in this efficient order and be very effective with everything. And I have INFJ preferences. So we're very similar. We only differ by one letter. But for me, when I'm making decisions in the world, it's all about, they call the the FJ process is like making decisions for the collective good of others. Sometimes people call it harmony. I've nicknamed it relational feeling. So it's all about making decisions to improve relationships, to improve connection, to make sure other people's needs are met. And. So when my husband <laughs> gets stressed out and say, like, you know, like I've come home with groceries, it's, it's about time to like get, start getting dinner prepared. The kids are starting to go crazy and he gets in his, what he, what he mode he gets into is kind of like, we need to put things in the outer world and efficient. And so sometimes that can come out as kind of like being a little critical. So like I come home, I put the grocery bags on the, on the counter and he sees that it says whole foods on it. He goes, how much did that cost? Did you really need to go to Whole Foods? Couldn't you have got that at Safeway, <laughs> right? And then my my thing is like when I make decisions, it's it's about how is, how is this going to affect the other person? How can I meet their needs? And so I take that immediately personally because I think he's doing that to hurt me. And so being able to remove myself from that and say, oh, you know what? He's in his thinking judging process and he's all about efficiency right now and it's not about me is one way that I can do it without him even needing to know type is that I can know that that's the way he shows up and then it's not personal. And one, mm-hmm. thing, and one thing I've learned to do when my husband gets in that mode is I immediately ask him, is everything okay? You seem really stressed out. <laughs> and usually Oh, I just came from this meeting and this really like stri- annoying thing is happening at work. And you'll find that people get into these more one-sided parts of themselves, these more annoying to deal with parts of themselves when they're more stressed out and they don't have that capacity to be to stretch and be a more well-rounded show up in a more well-rounded way for people around them. That's yeah, very insightful. True. I like yeah, that.
2: And it's always, like, I notice immediately when my husband gets the same way, I'm like, are you hungry? (laughs) (laughs) Whenever he's hungry, I swear he just, like, becomes a different human being. (laughs) And I'm like, something, or, you know, like you said, how your husband gets stressed at work, I'm like, you are, you're acting, not yourself. So wherever this is coming from is not actually the issue you know like the issue is something else yeah but i'm i agree i would take it personally but learn to be like see hungry what is that other podcast
0: we did where someone said oh don't make any decisions if you're hungry angry tired <laughs> or something else
2: i 100 ha- uh, percent agree yeah. <laughs> yes. and that you can see like a personality shift happen when
0: but that's a good way to put it to be like you know is everything okay you seem a little instead of just being like are you so crabby? Are you so bitchy? Right. And then just kind of su- makes the whole cycle worse. Well, blah, blah, blah. and blah, blah. You went to Whole Foods. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: And I'm it's- super sensitive to criticism. And so my first reaction would be to get super defensive and then start maybe like I'm stretching in the wrong way to my thinking side and then lashing out and saying mean things that, you know. And so if it just takes that moment to be like, oh, I recognize the signs of my husband being stressed out, which is that he goes more into his TJ, which is more about like putting the outer world and getting critical. And now I know he's probably just stressed out. It's probably not about me.
0: And then we can kind of take a step back. I love that. And then you can be his partner, you know, and you guys can work through it together.
2: I have a side, total side tangent question. Do you believe that zodiac signs have anything to do with personality types?
3: I, hopefully I don't alienate like half of your listeners, but I don't really believe in astrology and zodiac signs.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I didn't know because I find that I don't, I don't believe in it in terms of like, here's what's coming your way, Mm -hmm. but I do see very similar personalities Mm. in people based on their zodiac sign. Like I can
0: almost call it. Mm. And it's like a lot of those zodiac signs, like you hear in the radio or whatever, they're all just fake and written by an intern that day.
2: (laughs) Well, that's what I mean. Like, I don't believe in the astrology side of like here, you know, like today, this is your day, but they like how each zodiac sign has like a descriptor of personality traits the same way that like Enneagrams do or the Myers-Briggs does each one has a description of like certain personality traits and I swear they are dead on for some of them. (laughs) And like everyone I know who's that type is the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if they would all be the same Myers-Briggs or the same Enneagram, but every, like, for example, every Virgo I know, like myself, we are all the same. And it's like, you can see it from a mile away. So when I either ask them if they are one or they tell me, I'm like, I'm not even surprised. <laughs> yeah, you're I've never
3: heard of anyone doing any sort of correlation between Myers-Briggs and um, astrology. And so I assume that when that was done, there was nothing there to show. Uh, mm-hmm. There has been some like people do a lot of comparison between Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. And there's definitely like you can be any Myers-Briggs type and match with any Enneagram type, but there's definitely a correlation to certain types going together. Like Mm -hmm. my own type INFJ, we tend toward Enneagram four and Enneagram two. However, I am an exception to that. I'm an Enneagram one. And then you like, there's certain types like INTP and INTJ, it's like 70% of INTJs and INTPs are Enneagram fives. So there's definitely like, as far as those two models, like there's definitely some tendencies toward being the same type, but not everyone falls into it.
2: Can you change your type? Like if you're in therapy for certain things (laughs) and like that you, I don't even know like what it would be, but if you work on certain aspects of yourself, can you change it? Or are you always like the same type?
3: Yeah. I mean, you can, you can certainly develop within your type and like learn to stretch to those other sides mm-hmm. and become more well-rounded, but you don't necessarily change your type. Like you're still mm-hmm. going to have that automatic uh, preference yeah, for a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like with the right-handed, left-handed, like if you, and if you're someone who is exhausted by, you know, extroverting yourself and being in that outer world, that's probably always going to be true. It doesn't mean you can't get good at public speaking. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, be, uh, enjoy socializing and become more comfortable with that. But, um, it's always just going to be a general, it's going to fill your bucket more to be in your inner world. And it's, it's going to drain it more to be in the outer world.
1: Well, that's awesome. Very interesting. Now, I think we're pretty much, you know, at the time of wrapping up here. So how can our listeners, find your website again, how can they interact with you? Um, I know you said you have a podcast and a website and an Instagram page. Please give us all of those. Yeah,
3: I'm Family Personalities Everywhere. So Family Personalities on Instagram. My website's familypersonalities.com and the podcast is called Family Personalities, which you can find on any podcast platform. And don't forget to go grab um, those free downloads at my website, familypersonalities.com downloads. Yeah. I want to take this test
0: and figure out what the heck, what the heck I am. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I
2: took a test. I know what they said I am. I just have to go read about it now and figure out like what the letters. Yeah.
3: And I don't have a one on my website. Cause as far as adults, there's so many out there uh, that it just didn't seem like it needed recreating. Uh, but so if you just want to go to like 16 personalities.com, but just remember what I said earlier, please do not rely on those results as like truth. Because it can only get at so much, but it's a fun place to start. It's just a tool,
0: yeah, in your toolbox, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sandra. I'm sorry I was late, you guys. It's been a crazy day. But if our listeners would like to follow us, you can uh, follow us as a podcast on Facebook at Scrubcaps and Sippy Cups. We are also on Instagram at Hey Smart Mamas. And you can follow us all individually. I am on Instagram at STL underscore injector. Lacey is on Instagram at Ms. Lacey Lee. And Ellen is at Ellen Lauletta. Yep. And, oh, and if you haven't already, hop over to iTunes and leave us a review. Five stars would be amazing. We love your comments. We really love to share those. And if you have any ideas for a show or you want to be on a show, send us an email. We are scrubcapsandsippycups at gmail.com.
1: Sandra, thank you so much for coming on. I actually learned a lot and like, there's definitely some things that I was like, oh yeah, I could, I could see where my husband and I are, are not the same on this one. (laughs) So now I'm curious (laughs) to know like what his type is.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Thanks you guys so much for having me.
2: Thank you. Really
1: appreciate it. Thank you so much.
0: Bye.